This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Troops moving swiftly to take control of military bases in Crimea, where voters decided to rejoin Russia. Every conspiracy theory about Ukraine starts somewhere. This one starts with an appallingly inadequate understanding of world history. That's how we got to the misguided notion that Crimea, for most of its existence, belonged to Russia, and that its indigenous people, Kirim Tatars, were always an insignificant part of the Crimean population and blended in with the Russians. Despite the many attempts by Russia to erase them with the goal of fulfilling this narrative, Kirimli are very much alive and fighting for their homeland today, both on the peninsula and across the Russian front as members of the AFU. I'm Yulia, an independent political journalist, content creator, and most important of all, a concerned Ukrainian citizen. You're listening to FAQ U by Svidomi Media your friendly neighborhood fact-check for Russia's special disinformation operation. Today, we'll discuss the world's most disputed peninsula, Crimea, or in Ukrainian it's Krim. Who does it really belong to? Was it, in fact, indigenously Russian land? And what went on there between 1918 and 2014, when it became known worldwide following the Russian occupation? But first, Let's hear some delicious propaganda on the matter. Russian occupied Crimea, or Russia annexed Crimea in 2014, uh, without telling you that Crimea held a national referendum in 2014 and voted overwhelmingly that they wanted to be uh, joined to Russia, not the Ukraine. And they skip over tons of history that shows Crimea has strong cultural connections to Russia. It was part of Russia, Brandon, since 1783, when Catherine the Great uh, defeated the Ottoman Muslim Turks in in a big battle there in Crimea. And it stayed part of Russia until 1954. Now, who was in charge of Russia in 1954? That was when it was the Soviet Union. And uh, the Crimeans wanted to be part of Russia, to be continued to be part of Russia then. But Lenin said no. Stalin said no. You must be included in with Ukraine. And so uh, this is the history. You know what? FAQ this pseudo-expert. Let's sort it out. Here is the real history of Crimea. Of course, abridged. In 1774, Catherine II, known to some as the Great, signed an agreement with the Crimean Khanate that it would stay an independent state, but under the rule of St. Petersburg instead of Istanbul, as it was until that point. Well, as we know, agreements with Russia are useless pieces of paper with no merit. And so in 1783, the Empress proclaimed Crimea to be Russian, by annexation. 
The first wave of deportations went down over the next 10 years, as all the richest and best plots of land were taken away from the indigenous population and given instead to Russian elites. Homeless and repressed, about 100,000 Tatars were forced to leave their country and flee to Turkey. The second wave happened around 1854. Crimean Tatars were moved from waterside areas towards the north of the peninsula and to speed up the process. Entire villages were set ablaze. From 1860 to 1862, an order to deport Kirimli to Arinburg, region of Russia, was given by the emperor, and about 140,000 of them fled to wherever they could. By the end of this round of the deportations, only 200,000 Tatars were left in their native land. But the worst was yet to come. Under the Soviet regime, the oppression of Crimean Tatars returned with a vengeance in the 1920s and continued into 1930s. In 1944, Stalin gave an order to deport them all, and in two days, 191,000 people were removed to Central Asia and remote regions of Soviet Russia. Any attempt by Crimean Tatars to return to their native land resulted in a one-way ticket to Siberia. Tens of thousands died in transport. 46% of the total Crimean Tatar population was erased. That same year, about 64,000 Russians were moved to Crimea to replace the natives, and 900 settlements were renamed from Kirimli to Russian in an act known as de-Tatarization. Joining us today is Ali Maliev, a renowned Crimean Tatar and Ukrainian journalist, also a grandchild of victims of the Stalinist wave of deportations. I'm Ali Maliev. I'm a deputy director general of the Ukraine Institute, a pan-Ukraine member and founder of literature project Crimean Fig. I'm originally a Crimean Tatar, but I was born in Uzbekistan. Uh, Crimean Tatars are an indigenous Muslim uh, population of Ukraine, uh, which historically formed in uh, Crimea and have a self-name, Karamla. Crimean Tatars uh, has their own state, uh, Crimean Khanate, uh, that was founded in 1441, and uh, which was destroyed by Russian Empire with the first uh, annexation by Catherine II. We're going to start with the most popular misconception. User at C. Fuscovirens on Twitter says that, quote, Crimea was a Russian land since 1782. Even after transfer of Crimea from RSFSR to Ukrainian SSR in 1954, there was always majority of Russians and Russian-speaking Ukrainians inhabiting the peninsula. Ukrainians ignored all the referenda, hence the annexation." End quote. Let's deep dive into history, shall we? Russian propaganda, which tries to impose on the world the ancient ties between Crimea and uh, Russia, focuses on the history of the peninsula mainly from the period of the reign of uh, Catherine II. And as I said uh, before the first annexation of Crimea, we have any Russians in Crimea. Before uh, the first annexation of Crimea in 1783, 95% of the entire population of the peninsula was Crimean Tatars. And today, 
this figure has fallen to 13%. And why? Because last two, uh, 240 years of Crimean history is a history of permanent uh, colonization of Crimea and Crimean Tatars by Russia. One uh, important thing. In 1917, during the collapse of the Russian Empire and the beginning of civil war, Crimean Tatar proclamated the Crimean People uh, Republic, a state entity of the peninsula. And the Crimean People's Republic became the first democratic Muslim republic in the world, whose constitution granted equal rights, voting rights, to all women and men. But this republic just uh, uh, ex- existed only a few months, because the beginning of uh, 1918 was marked by repressions by the Bolsheviks and uh, the leaders of Crimean Tatars also were killed by, in general, by Russians. That's why we, when we talked about a new occupation of Crimea, we should give this broader context. If you talk about uh, 1944, it was a genocide of Crimean Tatar peoples, well, because all of the population, Crimean Tatar population, were deported from Crimea to Central Asia, to Siberia, and the deportation was uh, forced by uh, Soviet Union and Stalin's regime. During this genocide, almost half of all of population died uh, during first years. And for example, my grandparents also were deported to uh, Uzbekistan. That's why I was born in Uzbekistan also. And it's one of the answers of the question why uh, Crimean Tatars are very pro-Ukrainian now. Because this experience how to be with Russians. So what did independence of Ukraine mean for Crimea and Crimean Tatars? For us, it means that uh, the mass returning of Crimean Tatars to their motherland was during this Ukraine independence, yeah? From uh, 1989 till 1994, it's uh, the huge wave of, return, of the returning of Crimean Tatars from Central Asia and from uh, Russia and uh, in other territories. I was born in uh, 1988 and we returned to Crimea in uh, 1989. I spent my childhood in Crimea. If we talked about last nine years, yeah, uh, nine and a half years, about Crimea and what it means for Crimean Tatars, in general, human rights defenders documented more than 5,000 cases of human rights violations in the peninsula for the last nine and a half years. It's all of the spectrum of violations, from the violation on religious and ethnicity ground to violations against freedom of speech. And if we talk about uh, political prisoners, approximately 80% of Crimean political prisoners are Crimean Tatars. What happens in Crimea last this nine and a half years, it's a recolonization of peninsula. Russia wants not only to conquer uh, Ukraine lands, but uh, first of all, to destroy identity, our statehood, uh, and rights for the future. 
And colonialism, it's about appropriation or destruction. And I talked about memories, symbols, names, and people. First of all, we talked about identity, yeah? And violation of the right of self-determination of Crimean uh, Tatars who see themselves as an integral part of Ukraine. For example, in April 2016, uh, Russian authorities banned the representative body of Crimean Tatars, Medjilets, and calling it an extremist organization. Uh, but also, Russian authorities destroy tangible and intangible cultural heritage that does not fit into the Kremlin modern ideology. And when we talk about, for example, Crimean Tatar language, it's one of the uh, vanishing languages according UNESCO list. And today, Crimean Tatars are trying to uh, preserve language, uh, for example, to organizing some uh, speaking clubs at homes and gathering uh, children and just talking with them on Crimean, on Crimean Tatar language. And uh, second one, it's about militarization. And Crimea has turned from a touristic corner into a military zone. And uh, in Crimea is a peninsula of fear. And when I talked about militarization, it's not only about Russian army, not about uh, on the Russian different uh, military bases, but it's also about militarization of consciousness of the inhabitants uh, of peninsula, which begins from childhood. And last but not least, when we talked about colonization, we talked about uh, settlement colonization. Uh, since the beginning of occupation, near 70,000 of the inhabitants uh, left Crimea. And it was a brain drain because it's young professionals, students, uh, journalists, artists, uh, political leaders, etc., etc., etc. But there is a reserve strength. The peninsula is colonized uh, from Russia, from the uh, state security officers, uh, uh, pensioners. FSB, etc., 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 and according uh, to the Ukraine NGOs and state officials, the number of people who arrived to Crimea reached um, 700,000 people. It means that it's uh, one third of total population of Crimea. That's why it's one of the and very bright example of such colonization. Oof, well, this one is going to be a long one, but very important. User at Sean Michelson 4 on Twitter says that, quote, Yes, I agree. Handing Crimea as a gift turned out to be a mistake in retrospective. Today, Crimeans mostly identify as Russian, and for good reason. Considering the Ukraine government's attitude towards the Russian part of their population. But the population mostly supports that change, and rightly so. If I was Crimean and saw how the Ukraine government has for years tried to push the Russian language out of public life, I wouldn't want to rejoin such a nation. Not to mention the water supply issue. End quote. Well, let's hear about what people in Crimea actually identify as and what they think about Russia. What's the main connection between Ukrainians and uh, Crimean Tatars? As for me, it's values. Uh, for Crimean Tatars, it's uh, crucial 
two values is it's uh, values of dignity and freedom, and the same one for Ukrainians. Yeah, and also both of us seems our future as a future as part of free democratic uh, Ukrainian state in the family of European nations. Yeah, and that why Crimean Tatars is a part of Ukrainian political nation. Today, a lot of Crimean Tatars uh, in Ukrainian army, a lot of us uh, volunteering, and a lot of us doing some diplomatic, informational, uh, cultural, uh, educational projects and activities. Is it why for us it's very organic to be a part of Ukraine and to see ourselves as a part of uh, uh, political Ukraine nation? This brings us to a very peculiar conspiracy theory that Ukraine was the one who colonized Crimea from Russia. By Ukraine? <laughs> yeah, before 2014. We haven't really strong pro-Ukraine uh, authorities in Crimea. It was uh, affiliated with Russia. And it means that uh, this local authorities tries to make a local conflict between uh, Crimean Tatars and, uh, as they say, Slavonic population. And it's uh, it's one of the main stones of uh, our life uh, before the occupation. It uh, Crimean Tatars, we you know, we built all of our public political life across uh, our uh, uh, national institutions like Majlis and Kurultai of Crimean Tatar people. But it will be true if I say that Crimean Tatars were the most pro-Ukrainian power in Crimea. Traditionally, uh, our political choices were with uh, Ukrainian democratic uh, parties and we supported in elections uh, Ukrainian democratic parties as a Narodny Ruch Ukraine, Nasha Ukraine, etc., etc., etc. But, uh, um, you know, for Russia, when we talked about the temporary occupation, uh, 2014, it's, uh, you know, it's been uh, as a uh, the Euro occupation, yeah? But before 2014, the occupation of uh, Crimea uh, was de facto. After 1991, after the uh, Ukraine independence, Crimean Tatars tried to build their new lives in Crimea because uh, a lot of Crimean Tatars returned to Crimea. But uh, if we talked about Crimean Peninsula, it was uh, the authorities in Crimean uh, Peninsula were totally pro-Russian. During all of this period, Russia distributed Russian passports in Crimea. Also, the um, Black Sea Fleet presented and huge cultural and educational pro-Russian festivals, Russian festivals uh, held in, uh, also in Crimea. And that's why I talk that it was a period of 
de facto hidden colonization by Russia of Crimea. And in uh, after 2014, it, it now is a period when this colonization started to be a de jure. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Well, here is a fun one. User at VKS underscore Rasi says that, quote, It was signed over illegally by Khrushchev. That's why history is relevant. That's why Crimeans, even after the collapse of USSR, most of them considered themselves to be Russians. Because it was Russia who built and developed Crimea, not Ukraine. End quote. Can we talk a little bit about how Russia takes care of Crimea? Crimean Tatars and Ukrainians, there is a very clear national identities, uh, have been viewed as a treat to Russia's security in Crimea uh, by the peninsula of occupying since 2014. Therefore, Russian authorities destroy tangible and intangible cultural heritage that doesn't fit into the Kremlin's modern ideology. One good example is the fate of the famous 16th century Khan Palace in Bakhchisarai, and it's a significant emblem of Crimean Tatar culture. This uh, crucial object of the tangible heritage of our culture is be- being distorted under the goods of restoration, so-called restoration. Yeah. What Russian uh, officials claim uh, is restoration work to preserve the palace instead has involved the removal of original oak selling beams and handmade roofing ties and damage to wall uh, frescoes. It's only one example. Such examples we have among all of Crimea. A Russian trying to not only destroy the um, Crimean heritage, for example, Hirsanesos in Sevastopol, it's Another example that destroyed and Kersanes is one of the UNESCO objects. Yeah, but also they, they steal a lot of uh, Crimean uh, objects, uh, uh, historical objects, and uh, moved such object objects to uh, in, uh, to different places in Russia for, for Russian museums for Russian galleries, etc., etc., etc. And it's also a part of these war crimes because they kidnapped a lot of things in Crimea. Do you think Crimean Tatars had fair representation in Ukraine in terms of government and socially? Crimean Tatars has their own 
only uh, national representative bodies, Majlis of Crimean Tatar people and uh, Kurultai, it's like a parliament and government. But it was only national institution that the leaders of Majlis, the members of Majlis were elected on democratic way among all of Crimean Tatars. But it not was, uh, you know, a part of Crimean government, yeah, for example. No, no, no. That's why we have a very um, complicated connections with Crimean authorities during all of this period, because some of them, most of them were pro-Russians, but uh, when, for example, Viktor Yushchenko elected as a president of Ukraine, this communication was better, but not enough. Uh, gives, you know, all of political rights for Crimean Tatars. In 2014, Crimean Tatars uh, was the main pro-Ukraine power in Crimea who respect Ukraine law and who make a lot of actions in peninsula to support Ukraine and uh, uh, Ukraine integrity. Yeah. And after 2014, um, Ukraine state adopted a few important laws that, for example, um, a law about the indigenous people of Ukraine and Korean Tata, one of the such people, yeah. Uh, or, for example, the uh, law of a strategy of supporting uh, of Korean Tata language. And it's also uh, very important for us now. Crimean Tatars with Ukraine government working on, on the law of, uh, of the status of Crimean Tatar people in Ukraine also. And, you know, uh, from the 2014, we made a huge progress in the understanding of each other. Because uh, today, uh, in my opinion, U- Ukrainians uh, see the Crimean Tatars as an integral part of Ukraine and Ukraine political nation. And that's why when we talk about, for example, uh, Crimean history or uh, history of Crimean Tatars, it means that we talked about Ukraine history at all. That's why, for example, a lot of cultural events or educational events that uh, supported identity now in uh, different territories of Ukraine. But it's not still enough because our land is occupied and and it means that only after the deoccupation, Crimean Tatars as a nation, as an indigenous nation, can uh, realize their political rights in, in Ukraine. And now it's really we can't any possibilities to do it in, uh, because Crimean under Russian occupation. Well, how about this one? User at Roth Lindbergh on Twitter says, quote, When Ru, Russia, annexed Crimea, it all went peacefully. Not a single shot was fired. Ukraine did not resist. They let it go and haven't even asked to get it back. In 2022, Crimea suddenly became important, end quote. This guy has become a pretty regular on these podcasts. His tweets are just... So perfect for our segment. Anyways, what do you have to say to that? The first civil victim of this war was Rishat Ametov, Crimean Tatar, who in 
uh, March 2014, stand in the central square of Simferopol with the supporting of uh, Ukraine and Ukrainian integrity. He was kidnapped by Russians, tortured, and killed. And after that, uh, a lot of Crimean Tatars and today a lot of political prisoners is the active persons who uh, resists in different ways of occupation. It, it's a growing resistance from uh, from 2022. For example, occupation courts of Crimea opened more than 250 proceedings regarding uh, bringing Crimean uh, residents to administrative and criminal liability uh, for the so-called discreditation of Russian armed forces. Why? Because this uh, uh, about anti-war slogans and actions, public statements about stop wars, but also performance of Ukraine songs, uh, Ukraine flags, and Ukraine essence. An illustrative case is the case of Crimean artist Bogdan Ziza, who in May 2022, in protest against the Russian invasion of Ukraine, dosed the building of the occupation administration in Euphatoria with a yellow and blue paint. Bogdan was the first kidnapped by Russian security forces. He was tortured and today he's accused of terrorism. We, uh, such cases we had uh, during last, uh, all of these years, yeah, during all of these years. Another case, case of uh, my uh, friend uh, Nariman Jilal. Nariman is a journalist, first deputy head of Mijilis of Crimean Tatar people, and the loudest voice of all of free inhabitants of Crimea. On September uh, 2021, Russian security officials detained Nariman and two Akhtemov cousins over a so-called explosion near a gas pipeline. Since his detention, Nariman was handcuffed and had a bag over his head for almost 24 hours. Akhtemov cousins confessed under torture. It was a revenge for the Crimean platform. Nariman was a speaker of this summit. And today, Russia arrested him and sentenced uh, to 17 years in prison. And you know, such really crazy cases and human cases we have in different places of Crimea and, and during all of this time of occupation. The huge protest uh, that we have in Crimea it was in February 26, uh, 2014, when more than 10,000 Crimean Tatars and pro-Ukraine uh, activists gathered uh, near Verkhovna um, Rada of Crimea, uh, Parliament of Crimea, Crimean Parliament, and trying to uh, fight for Ukraine, for Ukraine integrity, because in this time, pro-Russian politicians in Crimea trying to adopt local laws that supported Russia. And Crimean Tatars and all of this meeting 
this protest find uh, fight against it and they they didn't adopt this uh, law in Verkhovna uh, Rada. After that, Majlis of Crimean Tatar people made a public statement that they support Ukraine and not recognize the Russian invasion. After that, the leaders of Majlis, like uh, uh, Mustafa Jamilev, Rifat Chubarov, now they are persons of non-grata in Crimea, according to Russian, uh, Russian authorities and Russian law. Some of the members of Majlis also were tortured or were in, uh, imprisoned, like Artem Chigos, Ilmiu Mirov, and uh, that's why the Majlis of Crimean Tatar people now uh, operating from Kyiv. A lot of Crimean Tatar activists are still acting in Crimea in different ways. Were you in Crimea when Russia invaded? If so, what was the mood like? Did it feel like something was coming? I was in Lviv in February 26, yeah, 2014. And we organized a Crimea SOS organization uh, this day. It was a Facebook page that informed about the current situation in Crimea, divide different supports and the kinds of support for, uh, in different parts of Crimea also. You know, I was last time in Crimea in January 2014, before the temporary occupation. You know, Crimea is my home. And that's why when, every time when I returned to my home before the occupation, it means that I met with my friends, uh, with my relatives, families. We uh, went to, to the sea or to Crimean uh, mountains, uh, and also I met with uh, friends who was Crimean journalists uh, or Crimean artists and uh, Crimean other politicians. That's why it was, you know, the atmosphere of my, my own home. So what future do you and the rest of the Kirimli see for the Free Crimea? As for me, one of the main and important steps that we should do as Ukraine society and, uh, and Ukraine government is adopt a Crimea as a Crimean Tatar national and territorial republic, including in Ukraine, as a part of uh, Ukraine state. It means that Crimean Tatars should take a responsibility for their own land. But it also means to preserve the Crimean Tatar identity. For us, it's uh, for today the main goal. It means a preserving of culture, of language, and it's uh, preserving traditions, etc., etc., etc. It means that, uh, for example, in uh, local administrations, we'll have two uh, languages that operate operating in such administration: Crimean Tatar language and Ukraine language. And that's why it's one of the main points when we talked about the future of Crimea. Because Crimean Tatars, uh, not a national minority of Ukraine, yeah? Crimean Tatars, indigenous people of Ukraine. That's why for us it's crucial to be part of democratic state and crucial to uh, also to take uh, responsibility for the state and for our motherland. 
I'm talking with uh, people in Crimea almost every day. One of the main questions is when? When Crimea will return? A lot of our compatriots in Crimea, they're not only, you know, sitting and waiting of returning, but doing a lot of very important things, yeah? preserving identity, establishing human rights projects, informational projects. And for us, it, it, it will be very important after the occupation because we will build a new society in Crimea. But also I want to say uh, a few words for people who collaborate with Russian authorities. We, after the occupation, will uh, adopt the legislation for Crimea, and it was will be, of course, according to Ukrainian and international legislation. But such people who collaborate with Russia, my recommendation <laughs> to realize it and to find the ways to leave Crimea now, as uh, all of uh, Russians who, in a legal way, comes to Crimea during this last nine and a half years. And finally, could you teach us some Kerem Tatar? I, for one, would love to know how to at least say hi. Start with hi. Merhaba. Thank you. Savol. Freedom. Azatluk. Motherland. Vetan. Next word, uh, victory. Galibia. One more phrase that very important for Crimean Tatars. Kelejek Yilda Bakhtisarayda. It means next year in Bakhtisaray. Bakhtisaray is an um, important city for Crimean Tatars, for Crimean's uh, history and culture. That's why it means that next year we'll see each other in a free Ukrainian and Crimean Tatar Bakhtisaray. I say it. It means as soon as possible, Crimea will be free. And one more, it's Karam Ukrainador. It means Crimea is Ukraine. And that'll be it from our guests today. If you'd like to know more about Crimea and its native Kirimli population, Alim compiled a whole list of useful materials that you can check out, linked in the description below. Join me on the next episode as we continue to bring facts to the battlefield of Russia's special disinformation operation. And in the meanwhile, if you'd like to be filled in daily on everything that happens in Ukraine, as well as hear some sassy responses to Russian trolls, don't forget to follow me on YouTube, TikTok, and Instagram at Y-E-W-L-E-E-A. And extend that same courtesy to Svidomi Media, also linked in the description of the podcast. Well, Kilejik Yelda, Bakhchisarayda, and FAQ, you, Russia, and your special disinformation operation.